0: Welcome to Gear Up with Gear Experts, episode 26, the 2019 highlight episode. Gear Up with Gear Experts is a bi-weekly show hosted by me, John Medina, and my colleague, Alex Giddings. The show is for at-height workers, industry, and construction, and is brought to you and produced by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. Welcome to our special 2019 holiday episode. Things are going to be a little bit different today. With 2020 just around the corner, I wanted to take some time to reflect on our past year of the show. Our first episode of 2020 will actually be our one-year anniversary. I can't believe it's already been a year. Whether you've been listening to the show since the beginning, or have just found it, I want to thank you for being a part of our community. It's just me this week, so I'm going to try not to ramble too much. So without further ado, let's take a look back at 2019. One of my favorite episodes of the year was episode 10, which originally aired in May. In that episode, we welcomed Max from FieldSense into the studio to talk about RF safety. Here's a little taste of that episode.
1: The primary effect of RF that we that is very well known and documented is um, heating. You know, we all use it every day when you have your microwave oven at home. And um, th- that's great when you have intentional heating, um, but it's not that great when you're up on a, on a mast and uh, you're the thing being warmed up. So the long and the short of it is it's really limiting exposure to RF, which has the potential to heat up your body. Now, it's pretty technical in how your body interacts with the fields and which frequencies are more important than others. So if you're working down in FM and broadcast, um, those are very high power transmitters and hence can have a very big impact on your body. And on top of that, our bodies are more receptive to the lower frequencies than to the higher. So if you think about the electromagnetic spectrum, you know, light is a part of it. But as you go higher and higher in frequency, the penetration into your body is less. So one of the key aspects as well, so if you look at the FCC limits, is they are not flat. It's not a flat E field or H field over frequency. It's actually what we call a shaped response. And that is actually accounting for how your body interacts with the field. So it's part of the power density that you're exposed to and the amount of power that your body absorbs ultimately determines the impact on your body. And naturally, you know, we need to limit the impact to your body because we don't need, um, if you're up on a mast, it's a warm day, you've just been climbing, Uh, you can actually very easily push someone into thermal stress. And that's really why it's really important to limit the amount of RF you're exposed to and to understand when you are going into these areas. I mean, also rooftop sites is a typical area where people often don't realize what's up on a rooftop site. And a lot of transmitters, they don't always look particularly technical. Uh, So you'll see some antennas out there. You know, I always said um, one of the things to look out for is actually the size of the cable. Um, the thickness of a cable will give you a, a good indication of what's coming out of there. So if you see an antenna that you don't recognize, but it's got a two-inch thick cable going in there, y- you really need to pay attention to it. And that's really why having RF monitors helps. Um, it it, it complements training. So training is really important, but having an RF safety monitor helps you sort of right at the edge when you're out on the rooftop, just to have that peace of mind as to what's there and what's influencing you.
0: Max was a wonderful guest, and we hope to have him back on the show sometime in the future. If you'd like to go back and listen to the full episode, I'll have links in the show notes at gearexperts.com episode 26. My next highlight for 2019 is when we covered industry manpower shortages. That was back on episode 15, which originally was released in July. We welcomed gear expert Mike Krohn into the studio to discuss manpower shortage in the wireless industry. Here's a little taste of that episode.
2: I think just just the demand in and of itself creates uh, an environment that's really healthy for somebody looking for a job anyway. Uh, I mean, when we stop and think about it, the United States has between two hundred and three hundred thousand and 300,000 cell sites right now, and they need 100 times that. You've got large companies that have uh, new building expenditures, companies that weren't previously into cellular that everybody knows like uh, you know Dish Network, building into this industry now and spending billions of dollars doing it. There's gotta be money in there to be made. The tech is there, everybody needs it, and that demand is just gonna keep growing and growing and growing. You couple that with it's an outside job, you're on your own a lot unsupervised, the job's paid largely pretty well. It's doing work that's different every day. I think, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are living a really good life, doing something they enjoy doing that everybody needs to have done.
0: If you'd like to hear more from that episode, I'll link it to the show notes. And you can find those show notes at gearexperts.com episode 26. Part of being a gear expert means understanding the industries we serve and making sure that we're doing everything we can to help our customers succeed. In episode 17, which aired back in August, we welcomed gear expert John Lamond into the studio to talk about wireless industry financing and how we can help make sure you succeed. Here's a little taste of that episode. Yeah, and another contributing factor that was cited in the study by a lot of wireless infrastructure contractors was profit margin. So they quoted that increased equipment costs, labor costs, and training costs, coupled with the decline, or at least lack of increase in what they were able to charge for jobs, was causing their margins to at least stay stagnant, if not get smaller and smaller. What are some solutions that we have come up with to help our partners in the field with that?
3: Well, like any industry, uh, there will be challenges, but if it wasn't profitable, people wouldn't be doing it. And, and it is a very profitable industry. Um, despite today's topic, it is it is an industry where there, there can be a lot of uh, hope and potential if a company works correctly. So um, that being said, the work is complex. There's a lot to it. I think our understanding of our contractors' business and how they work, their needs in the field, and how quickly things move uh, can make an effective partner at GME for contractors in the wireless industry. These decrease in new companies that we see can actually lead to an increase in safety if you have fewer new folks um, operating and hopefully some that have been in the industry a while moving company to company. Hopefully, we're learning as we go and safety becomes better over time Um, and then we take the newer entrants into the industry and help them grow and learn with both training and equipment.
0: For the full episode, be sure to check gearexperts.com slash episode 26, where I'll link it in the show notes. At GME Supply and Columbia Safety, we focus on keeping workers safe and productive on the job. But sometimes accidents happen, and those accidents can put emotional and financial strain on the families affected. In episode 12, which aired back in June, Alex and I covered our partnership with the Tower Family Foundation. Here's a little taste of that episode.
4: The organization is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation, meaning their mission is to help not to make a profit.
0: Yeah. Ask any of our gear experts what makes GME Supply and Columbia Safety different from other industrial safety companies, and you'll hear things like honesty, accountability, innovation, creativity, tenacity, integrity, urgency, charity, loyalty, and respect. Those words are present at every desk and are featured on walls throughout our headquarters. We pride ourselves on using these traits and philosophies to not only improve ourselves, but to improve the lives of everyone around us. The Tower Family Foundation is another way that we can show our support for our communities and the men and women in the industry that we work with every day. So, Alex, how are we providing support to the Tower Family Foundation?
4: Yeah, John, so... We're always looking for opportunities to help in our communities, Um, that's why we teamed up with the Tower Family Foundation to help raise money to help the families of tower climbers across the country. All the donations that are made to the Tower Family Foundation are used to to provide funding to bridge uh, the affected families, to help pay for immediate needs, and to help with other related costs that families experience in a post-accident or fatality situation. Uh, And as part of our efforts to help raise money, this year we launched a brand new GME Supply Climb Higher Tower Family Foundation t-shirt. All proceeds from uh, the sale of the shirt will be donated directly to the Tower Family Foundation. And you can see that on gmesupply.com. Supporting the Tower Family Foundation is just one way that we can give back to an industry that we have a tenacious passion for serving.
0: Our guest on that episode was Ben with Safety LMS, one of the leaders in at-height training. While we can't always prevent accidents, with proper training we can be prepared for those accidents. For more information about Safety LMS and their training philosophy, you can check out episode 12. I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes, which you can find at gearexperts.com episode 26. My final highlight for 2019 is the episode where we were debunking wind energy myths. That was episode 24, and it just aired a few weeks ago. But it has already climbed the top of my favorites list. We welcomed our resident wind energy expert, Cody Sellers, into the studio. Here's a little taste of that episode.
5: So this one is pretty cool, and it's a little more complex, and we'll have to go overseas to get our information. Uh, Most of the established offshore wind farms sit in the North Sea off the coast of the U.K., and most all of the impact studies have been conducted there. This one's pretty interesting, mainly because the lead study conducted by the Hemholtz Center for Materials and Coastal Research in Germany uh, is focused on the blue mussel population. Now, so far, this study's conclusions are pretty positive. They say offshore wind platforms are changing the nature of marine ecosystems in complex, unanticipated, and beneficial ways. I won't get into great detail about how the study has been conducted because it sounded super complicated but suffice it to say they've gone to great lengths to compile their data using satellites, uh, water level measurements, field trials, and computer analysis. So far uh, one of the important effects they've recorded is that offshore farms um, are acting as preservation areas because fishing and bottom trawling is not allowed due to the safety concern. So these blue mussels seem to be the catalyst in all this, as they will attach themselves to the bases of wind turbines, which they found can support an estimated four tons of these shellfish. So the mussels create biomass, which obviously attracts other marine life, in turn creating greater biodiversity in those areas than in the unprotected waters where you can fish and trawl. So not only are these mussels creating a sea life preserve, but they're filter feeders which means as they feed, they filter heavy metals, uh, toxins, bacteria from the water. So all that said, one could argue that as we build more of these offshore wind turbines, not only are we creating clean, renewable energy, but each turbine is a four-ton seawater filtration system. So there you go. How about that?
0: Cody dropped some knowledge, and I honestly learned some interesting things about wind energy myself during that episode. Links to that episode will be in the show notes, which you can find at gearexperts.com episode 26. Also, Alex and I announced it on our last episode, and you've still got time to enter. That's right, we're giving away a free Wera tools advent calendar. To enter to win, just head on over to facebook.com slash show, like our page, and tag someone who you think would like to win. Entries will close on December 31st, so that means you've got about a week left if you're listening to this on release day, and we'll announce our winner on our next episode which will come out on January 8th. So head on over to facebook.com slash show and good luck. We'd also like to remind everyone that while the show is meant to be fun, entertaining, and informative, it is not intended to replace proper in-depth training. Manufacturer's instructions must also be followed and reviewed before any equipment is used and proper training should be received before operating any equipment or before climbing. We'd like to hear from you about why you climb. Email us a voice message at gearup at gearexperts.com about why you climb and what climbing means to you for a chance to be featured on the show and win some swag, of course. We hope you had fun and found a lot of value in today's episode. You can find more information and detailed show notes at slash episode 26. Get social with us at Gear Experts Show, at GME Supply, and at COL Safety on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Gear Up with Gear Experts is available on all major podcast listening platforms. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. We'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your friends, too. If you've got a few extra seconds to drop a rating and review in Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing, that'd be awesome. Gear Up with Gear Experts is presented, produced, and edited by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. Your hosts are Alex Giddings and John Medina. And until next time, climb higher.